you are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On NFL Pods. I'm your host, Bo Brock. Give me a follow at Bob Brack. Follow my co-host, your boy Q, Q Myers, at your boy Q254. He's got some great insight. Recapping this Thursday night heartbreaker for the Las Vegas Raiders. Of course, your host of the Locked On Raiders is your boy Q. Q, how you holding up, my man? Well, uh, I, I think I'm holding up a little bit better than the Raiders. I know Raider Nation is hurting on uh, on this Friday following that loss to the to the Chargers, thirty to twenty seven in overtime. And really, uh, the biggest part of the the game that that hurts is the fact that well, the Raiders needed the game. They had to need need the game uh, to to keep their their playoff hopes alive. They are down to now a five percent chance to be able to make the playoffs after losing to the Chargers on Thursday. So, uh, yeah, it's not looking good if you're expecting playoffs in, in the silver and black. There's so much to break down from that contest last night. Herbert, his performance, it was an overtime thriller. Yeah, the heartbreak, the ramifications, plus the silver and blacks got their got their first glimpse of Marcus Mariota, the former second overall pick. He got to get in there after Derek Carr. He has the, uh, the groin issue. And Mariota actually balled out last night. So there's a lot to kind of recap from last night. But really what I want to do, Q, is I want to look at, uh, let's slot in how good Justin Herbert truly is by the end of this segment. Uh, also in this podcast, it is a Friday. We do have a, we have a pair of Saturday games this weekend. So it's your Saturday, Sunday six-pack. Q and I are going to break down the biggest games this weekend. And then our guy Chad Millman for the Action Network, he's going to jump in and he loves underdogs this week uh he's gonna give us some insight on the bets speaking of bets my co-host q you have a new podcast that launched this week it's called uh, locked on bets and it's a daily betting podcast where they kind of just take you through uh in kind of a whirlwind fashion just about 10 minutes of your day they're gonna give you the best betting insight for that day yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. You know, myself and Lee Sterling from uh, ParamountSports.com, he does a really, really good job. I'm not the guy that's going to help put some greenbacks in your wallet, but Lee's got all the <laughs> details, but a really, really fun show, man. Definitely encourage everybody to check it out. Like you said, I think the most important part is it's about 10 to 15 minutes max. You know what I mean? So uh, your drive from the house to the grocery store, you can listen to the whole show, and I promise you'll be guaranteed You'll be guaranteed to, to at least get a couple good laughs and get a lot of good information. So check it out. Lock on bets. Yep. Subscribe wherever you find podcasts. We know this football season will be different. Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day. No matter how you watch this season, Pepsi's the refreshment you need to power through game day to become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans, they're the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's for made for those who watch it. I had my trusty blue can with me last night. Actually, it was a two Pepsi night because of the overtime last night, Q, but let's break it down. It was Justin Herbert plunging his way into the end zone and capping off the thriller on Thursday Night Football, and that's your locked-on NFL lead story. I'm Bo Brock along with Q Myers. Justin Herbert, Chargers, they may have put the final nail in the Raiders' playoff hopes. As Q said, 5% chance now, mathematically not eliminated, still hanging on, but by a thread. 30-27 to 27 overtime victory 
at Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. Yeah, it was a heck of a game, man. It really was. And obviously, if you're a, a fan of the silver and black, you didn't like the outcome. But uh, a, a typical AFC West battle, you know, goes down to the wire over time. The Chargers acted like they didn't want to win the game. They wanted the Raiders to win in Allegiant Stadium and keep their playoff hopes alive. And the Raiders said, no, you take it. No, I don't want it. You take it. No, you take it. It was just one of those back and forth. And uh, you mentioned earlier about Derek Carr going down and you got to see what Marcus Mariota could do. And I'll tell you, uh, Bo, one of the biggest uh, you know things that I took away, if I'm looking for silver linings in the game, I like what John Gruden's offense looks like with a guy. I'm not necessarily saying Marcus Mariota, but a guy that can move and make plays with his legs like Marcus Mariota can. And you know very well from hosting Locked On Cardinals uh, exactly what a guy who has some wheels and has some legs can do in an offense in Kyler Murray. I enjoyed seeing Marcus Mariota do what he did, 17 for 28, 226 yards and a touchdown and an interception, but nine carries, 88 yards and a touchdown. He looked good on the on the ground doing his thing. And, uh, you know, again, like you mentioned, Justin Herbert for the Chargers, he's the real deal. He's the truth. Um, you know, he, he's clearly a real good quarterback, even though he's only a rookie. You could tell that the Chargers, at least for all the issues that they have, including their head coach, they know that for a matter of fact, they have a real deal franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. And I want to get into just how good he is in a minute, but let's get back to Mariota. You know that Chucky, John Gruden, was kind of uh, chomping at the bit once Mariota went in. He wasn't, I'm sure he didn't like that his starting quarterback went out with the groin injury and he knew it, Carr knew it right away, just kind of walked onto the sidelines and into the locker room with that apparent groin injury. But John Gruden was excited to open up that playbook. Not so many Spider 2Y bananas, but some RPOs. And we saw it often, especially in late downs and short yardage. And Mariota was converting and they were getting really creative with their play calling cue. Yeah, they really were. You know, again, I, I like the different options. I like what his athleticism opens up. Uh, and, and look, I'm a guy that during the during the offseason leading up to the NFL draft, I was saying that the Raiders should go draft Jalen Hurts for that exact reason. But I wanted him to sit behind Derek Carr and kind of learn and, and still be that athlete, uh, you know, and, and have that ability to, to move with his legs but also use his arm. I really enjoyed what I saw from Marcus Mariota. And now I'm not saying uh, a lot of people were saying on social media uh, that Derek Carr got Wally pipped and that, okay, that'll be the last time he ever plays uh, in a Raiders uniform again or ever takes the field in a Raiders uniform again. I'm not willing to go on on that kind of a limb and go out there because Marcus Mariota still has his own warts out there, but he did show what a guy with a little bit of athleticism could do in that offense, and I, I prefer that kind of quarterback. Not trying to put Derek Carr out by the wayside. I'm not trying to take him out back and shoot him, any of that stuff. I'm not trying to put him out of his misery. I think that he's a good quarterback. He's earned the right to continue to play, but moving forward, I think the Raiders should start to think about having a guy like that behind Derek Carr to, at the very least, groom for the future. No old yeller treatment for Derek Carr. That's good to know. Let's get back to the other quarterback in this game because Justin Herbert proved that he is an absolute star in the making. 314 yards in the air. 53 of those came in overtime on one play, which set up the game-winning QB sneak. But that rookie signal caller impressed most of the night just making throws all over the field, really anything you want from a, a, a gunslinger out there, he's got that throw in his repertoire. It moved the Chargers to 5-9 and nine in the season. It earned their first win in the AFC West 
against an AFC West opponent since 2018, Q. Yeah, I mean, they had lost nine AFC West games in a row before they won that game Thursday night against the Raiders. And look, they always play the Raiders tough. You remember the first time they played them earlier in the season. Uh, the Raiders won at the very uh, end of the game, and it looked like the Chargers had squeaked out a victory and, and come to find out the wide receiver or tight end had dropped the ball, and so it wasn't a catch. And so that's how the Raiders won the first time they, they squared off with each other. That's just what those two teams do, man. They go at it, and it always kind of goes down to the wire. And this time the Raiders came out on the wrong end of it. Uh, but man, I'll tell you, uh, Justin Herbert is the truth. He's got a strong arm. He can move. Uh, he's another one of these quarterbacks that he's not Kyler Murray. He's not Lamar Jackson where he's just fleet footed like that. But he can get out of harm's way. You know, he can create some some havoc with his legs as well. He's going to be a, a problem for the AFC West for years to come. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes is in the AFC West. He's going to be a problem for years to come. And really, you start to look at the dynamic of it and you say, well, we know who the best quarterback in the division is. Who's the second quarterback? Who's the second best? And you might start to tip the scale right about now to Justin Herbert. For more on the NFL, make sure, of course, you're listening to Locked On NFL Podcast, where you find your podcast. Let's get more into that because, you know, Justin Herbert, I, I keep on seeing him play week in and week out. And I see, you know, on social media, people just raving about Herbert. But really, I don't have true context of how good he is. So I want to try to do this right now, Q, here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. One, is Justin Herbert the 2020 Rookie of the Year? Uh, he very well could be. He got a start when uh, nobody expected him to get a start because a stupid trainer had a, a issue and uh, punch, punctured the, the lung of Tyrod Taylor, and he just kind of got flung into action. And even in that game where he didn't expect to even play, all of a sudden he came out and he was gunslinging. You know, he was he was looking really, really good. Uh, I know Joe Burrow looked really good in, early in the season uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals, and he goes out with the injury, so he misses the, the tail end of the 2020 season, his rookie year. So I, I kind of feel like maybe he tails off a little bit bit. Uh, Justin Jefferson is balling out in Minnesota as a wide receiver, probably the best wide receiver in the whole rookie class right now, him and uh, Chase Claypool from from Pittsburgh. But Justin Herbert, man, again, uh, it's hard to find a really good signal caller. There's a few of them that I do believe, a few young guys that I do believe are going to be really good in this league, uh, including Tua Tagovailoa, uh, including Joe Burrow. But uh, Justin Herbert, man, he, he very well could be the best one of those quarterbacks that came out in the draft this year. Uh, he is the real deal truth. He's got the size. Again, he's got the strength as far as his arm, and he could use his legs. I mean, he's he's a, he's a three-trick pony, man. He's got all kinds of tools in his tool belt. So, uh, yeah, this dude very well easily could be the offensive rookie of the year. I believe 27 touchdown passes now. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I think his Hail Mary here to get that offensive rookie of the year hardware would be the Vikings sneaking into the playoffs and uh, kind of taking over the Cardinal spot for that seventh and final NFC playoff spot. We'll see if that's possible for the Vikings. But you, you kind of mentioned it. Where does where does Herbert stack up as far as the best quarterback in his draft class? Because you mentioned Burrow, you mentioned Tua. But I, I got to imagine Herbert, his size, his athleticism, just his pure throwing ability. I kind of give Herbert the edge right now. And that might just be because Burrow, I haven't seen him play in the last couple of weeks. But I, I love what Herbert... His, his whole makeup. I do too. I really do. He's the real deal truth, man. I mean, he, is, he he's got it all. And you know, before he decided to go back to, to Oregon for his, uh, his, his senior year, he was already considered to be the number one quarterback in the, in the draft. He was supposed to be going number one overall. Well, that uh, distinction ended up going to Kyler Murray, of course, which turned into offensive rookie of the year. And I, I don't think there was any mistaken going with, with Kyler Murray. Number one, he was a great quarterback or is, is going to be, I think a, a really great quarterback uh, in, in there in Arizona. But, uh, 
uh, man, Justin Herbert is, is absolutely the truth, man. He's a real deal guy. And so uh, the Chargers got them a good one, man. And, and you know, they move on from Phillip Rivers and, yeah. and you think, well, it's going to take a while for them to really get this rookie, uh, you know, acclimated to the NFL game and, and be ready to go. But man, he has just slid in there and you continue to see him get better and better and better each and every week. He's more comfortable. He really got comfortable in the NFL game pretty stinking quickly. Yeah, it was very rare to see the the successor just jump right in that. It right. goes just from one year to the next, and you go from predecessor to successor, and, and you've got your guy. And I think that Justin Herbert is – if Philip Rivers is going to have one of the toughest cases, I, th- I think at the end of the day he'll probably have a bust and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. His numbers, they're incredible. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. Those Chargers teams from the early 2000s or late 2000s uh, were really stacked but never got – you know, to the finish line. But, you know, I think that Herbert just the same thing, just more athletically gifted, mm-hmm. better throwing ability, better size. But, you know, I think he's, he's, you could already kind of say he's better than Phil Rivers. Rivers didn't even take over the starting reins until his third season, until he's 25. Justin Herbert's 22. Let's do a quick rabbit fire, fire thing here because you mentioned Kyler Murray. I just want you to tell me whether or not you think you, or would you rather have Justin Herbert or these younger quarterbacks? Are you ready? Yep. Okay, Herbert or Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray. Okay. Herbert or Baker Mayfield? Herbert. Herbert or Sam Darnold? Herbert. Okay, last one, and this is a toughie. Herbert or Josh Allen? Herbert. All right, there you have it. And I think <laughs> I, I don't really disagree with either of the your choices there. I, I think it, uh, I mean, I threw in Darnold there just because he needed to give one easy win there. But over Baker Mayfield, I certainly agree. But then you've watched what Josh Allen has done with the Buffalo Bills. That's I think it's closer. We'll probably be talking about this one a little bit closer than we are right now come next year. But we'll have to see how that plays out if, he, if Herbert avoids any sophomore slumps and when the games actually mean more. Uh, just a five-win team for the L.A. Chargers. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast. Your boy Q, Bo Brock, hanging out with you. Coming up next, we have Saturday games. It becomes our Saturday-Sunday six-pack. We're going to crack that next. Welcome back to Locked on NFL Friday edition. Bo Brock and your boy Q. And uh, we're having a fun show so far. Kind of had to go through a little bit of pain and recap that Thursday night game that uh, Raiders lost 30-27 to to the Chargers. But now it's time to turn the page, Bo. And it's time to go to our favorite part of the show. At least my favorite part of the show, for sure. That's when we uh, crack open a six-pack. And again, after watching that Raider game on Thursday night, I had a couple six-packs that I had to put away. So let's go ahead and crack open our own Saturday and Sunday uh six-pack as there are NFL games all weekend long. Very excited about that. My favorite time of the year is when you have Saturday, Sunday, uh, all these games, man. This is a lot of fun. So let's go ahead and crack open our six-pack, and I'll I'll pass the baton to you first. Which, what's up first on your list? Let's take a look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road at the Atlanta Falcons in an NFC South showdown. The Falcons, they look like they're kind of going to, they're posturing towards finishing 2020 with a whimper. And you know, the rest of the NFL, maybe the Vikings, maybe the Cardinals who are looking to move up the chain as far as the playoff ranks are concerned, are, are hoping for a miracle. I don't think it's going to happen here. And this is the first of two games that Tampa Bay gets to play their division foe in wrapping up the season. They've got them in the season finale with the Lions sandwiched in between. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers need to take care of business after being consistently inconsistent throughout the season against, you know, the next three games are very winnable for them. They could potentially get to an 11-5 and five mark after really struggling there. You know, they dropped three of their last, what, 
five games. So I think it's it's crucial for Bruce Arians and his squad, Todd Bowles and that defense to start trending in the right direction. And this is the first of the final three contests to do so. Same thing goes for Tom Brady. Looks like he was able to kind of knock some rust off against the Minnesota Vikings last week with a pretty easy win at 26-14. I expect the same thing this week, but it uh, you know it, it is a division matchup. And uh, things could go south. There's certainly the potential with Matt Ryan and crew in Atlanta, but still think it's a it's a good opportunity, in my opinion, for Tampa Bay to take care of business and really set a new tone and momentum going into the postseason. Yeah, no doubt about that. Tampa Bay has an opportunity to, to keep things rolling, you know, get get things uh, not back on track, but like you said, try to work out some of their consistency kinks uh, with the Atlanta Falcons, who are an underachieving team in 2020. This game is intriguing to me for this reason alone, though, because Atlanta and Raheem Morris. Raheem Morris has taken over uh, since Dan Quinn got fired, and he's actually done a pretty good job. It looks like those players are out there playing and competing and, and trying everything they can to help him win games and, and really really kind of solidify himself and and give him a, a good resume to turn into the blanks, you know, to Arthur Blank at the end of the season to say, hey, by the way, I could do this job. Uh, that's my reasoning for, for checking out that game. Now, uh, we started with the noon games or the early games, so let's go ahead and, and jump into another one. How about New England at Miami? Let's talk about a divisional game that is, right? The AFC East uh, and New England, uh, you know, I know that they're technically still in the, in the playoff hunt, and, and that's all fine and dandy. I, I don't think that they're a playoff team. I just think that there is just not there in the cards for him this year. But I like this game because I like Tua. I like what Miami's doing. I can't stop talking about what Brian Flores has been able to do in two short seasons there in Miami as the head coach. And uh, I just think that they're headed in the right direction. Xavier Howard, uh, I'm a big fan of what he's got going on. He's had five weeks in a row where he's had an interception. Last week, he had a nice one-handed grab. Uh, Byron Jones on the other end, uh, other side, is a really good corner. So they got dual corners uh, there in Miami. Uh, they got some players, you know, and it's so funny because they traded off some real deal players and you kind of wondered at one time, what were they doing? But they brought in some real deal players, and uh, they're they're doing trending in the right direction. They're a playoff team right now. I expect them to be in the playoffs, and uh, you know, see what kind of noise they can make. So that's the reason why this game is uh, really intriguing to me because what Miami's got going on. And oh, by the way, this game's in South Beach. Yeah, I mean, Miami just showed that they have they they will fight until the final whistle. And their loss last week to the Chiefs, and you mentioned Howard's interception was absolutely just sick as he was in coverage against Tyreek Hill. Not a lot of people win those one-on-one battles with Tyreek Hill. He certainly came away with a W in that matchup. you got to imagine that the Finns, they want revenge. They dropped the season opener to the Pats and Cam Newton all the way in in week one of the season. They're a completely different team now. And uh, the Patriots, you know... I think that this is a this is going to be a this is going to be bad news for them. They came off a bad loss to the Rams in the previous week, and this is just uh, set up for the fence to continue to work themselves, you know, right in the middle of this AFC playoff picture. A loss would be pretty devastating, and uh, you know, keep hopes alive, you know, for the team that lost in Thursday night football. As far as the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, let's get to my second game of this six pack. And who'd have thought that at this stage in the NFL regular season that the Washington football team was going to be hosting a crucial game as far as the <laughs> NFC playoff picture was concerned. They're they're hosting the Seattle Seahawks, who were able to rebound in a big way at uh, against the New York Jets after a loss to the New York Giants. What was it, forty to three? 
Right. And then you had the Washington football team. Don't look now. They have won four straight. They took out the Niners in Arizona. Chase Young just was a man possessed. I, I just love watching Chase Young. I watched that, that, that game from the beginning kickoff to the, the closing whistle. Chase Young was just all over the place. That front seven is just a absolute problem yep. for opposing offenses. And, you know, Russell Wilson, that doesn't bode well. I don't like this matchup for the Seahawks. They have to go across the country and play a hot team. You know, the last time, you know, they really did that. that I mean, they was at home. They lost to the Giants. But, you know, the Giants gave them fits with their defense. You know, just just think about what Washington can do. Can, do. Uh, can they muster enough offense, though, to get it done? They have the last couple of weeks. And uh, I don't know. I Honestly, I'm going to put the Seahawks on upset alert in this contest. Uh, you know, we'll see what the, the deal is with Alex Smith and his calf injury. You know, if it's Dwayne Haskins, you know, that kind of uh, – uh, dampens m- m- me riding this uh, Washington football team train because I still didn't like him in relief of, of Smith made some boneheaded passes out there but uh, I like him when it's when it's kind of Alex Smith back there as the game manager not making that many mistakes yeah uh, this game really intrigues me and it's so funny I'm really torn in this game I really am because I like what Washington's got going on uh, I, obviously I love the story of Alex Smith he's got that calf injury uh, so I'm not sold on Dwayne Haskins at all but love what's going on with Ron Rivera as far as you know just guiding the ship and and really kind of getting this thing turned around in, in, in DC even though he's got his own issues going on uh, as well and uh, I just I just kind of like that whole situation I've been pulling for them to to win the NFC East but then I'm also a big Russell Wilson fan and you're right man this is not a good matchup for Russell Wilson you know that Seattle Seahawks offensive line is not that good and that front seven of Washington is the real deal their front seven is how front sevens should be built in the NFL you know what I mean like if there is mm-hmm. a hey how do you design a defense you go and look at what Washington's done with their front seven and you say this is what I want I'm going to the store and I want to buy one of these <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean, like, that's what you want if you're trying to build a defense. So I think that Russell Wilson's going to be on skates all game long, and I'm with you, man. I can absolutely see Washington uh, pulling this out and, and getting the victory on Sunday. That's really a game to uh, look in, look forward to. Now, I got another one that I think is going to be uh, a sexy matchup, man, and this is my second game in the six-pack. How about this one, an early game? Chicago at Minnesota. We're still talking divisional games. This is NFC North right here. What team wants to uh, attempt to make the playoffs? You know, they're still uh, all in the running, and they're just kind of they're kind of there. You know what I mean? They're all kind of bunched up there in the NFC North. Obviously, the Green Bay Packers are the cream of the crop there, but, man, they're all bunched up right there uh, at the top. And so not at the top, but just in the division. You know, Minnesota with six wins. Chicago with six wins. Even Detroit with five wins. They're just there. Uh, and so who, who wants to take that next step? Chicago has a stellar defense. Minnesota. Minnesota, uh, un- uncharacteristic. Their defense ain't that great, but they got Dalvin Cook. They got Justin Jefferson. Uh, sometimes Kirk Cousins is the real deal, dude. Sometimes he's just Kirk Cousins, you know? So you kind of never really know who's going to show up. This one's a hard game for me to call. Uh, I-, I think I like to to ride out the offense of Minnesota, and I trust them a little bit more than Chicago, but I know that Chicago's defense can light it up as well. So uh, I'm going to give Minnesota the nod in this one, but definitely paying attention to what they got going on in the NFC North between those two teams. Yeah, the betonline.ag spread on this one has the Vikings favored, but I'm not sold on that. I mean, it's it's the Bears they go as Mitchell Trubisky goes, and he had a great game against the Texans, and they rolled in that contest. The Bears did, you know, throws for 267 yards, three touchdowns, takes care of the football. It's uh, Mitchell Trubisky. He, he looked great 
the previous week, but then again, he hasn't been consistent. Uh, same thing goes for the uh, you know his counterpart in Kirk Cousins, and you mentioned it. And I, I give the edge, of course, defensively to the Chicago Bears, but you know these are two imperfect teams. They all have they have their flaws up and down their rosters. Uh, and the one thing that can be said is the Vikings can win this game. And then you've got the Bears. They take on Jacksonville next week. That's a W probably for Chicago. And then the Vikings, they have to face a team like the Saints. That could be an L. So it doesn't necessarily knock them completely out of the race. And uh, it, it kind of takes me to my next game where it, 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 right? You know, whoever wins this stays in the race. But if, the, if Arizona can take care of business, they remain in the driver's seat for that seventh and final NFC playoff spot. Uh, if they can get their eighth win, they're taking on Philadelphia, who has, you know, come out of nowhere with this momentum with a second round pick and Jalen Hurts with just one start under his belt. Like people went nuts after Jalen Hurts and what the Eagles did to knock the Saints off the top of the NFC standings last week. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm kind of seeing a similar thing where the Cardinals face the team like the Giants, who just came off a win against the Seahawks, and it was a fluky win. And they are riding this momentum, and they're like, "Well, let's look at the G-men. They're, they are a uh, force to be reckoned with." And then they came back down to earth against the Cardinals. And I think the same thing could be said. I don't think this is going to be a good game for Jalen Hurts. You see this where guys get their first starts mid-season. They ha- they kind of had uh, they hit the ground running, and then this, they get that tape out there. Coaches in the NFL are so good at making adjustments, and it could be a long day for Jalen Hurts. I'm not completely sold that he's got enough as far as throwing the football just yet to get things done. And he's going against a pass rush that had eight sacks in the previous week against the New York Giants. Five of them came from Hassan Reddick, who finally popped a former first-round pick at a Temple from 2017. But that this that's my third game of the six-pack is this Philly-Cardinals game. You know, if the Cardinals can slow down Hurts and Miles Sanders, who popped off for 100 yards each against a defense that hadn't surrendered a 100-yard rusher in, what, 56 games, right. then that, that's going to spell trouble. But I, I got to imagine that's going to be the Cardinals' game plan is slow down that run game. And I think if you do that, it doesn't bode well for Philly if Jalen Hurts is throwing the ball 30 times. Yeah, this is a, this is a good one, man. It's a really, really good matchup. Uh, two former Oklahoma quarterbacks and Jalen Hurts and, and Kyler Murray going head-to-head. Uh, you mentioned Hassan Reddick out of Temple. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, I was a big fan of his when he got drafted by the Cardinals, and I know he hasn't shook out to be the guy that everyone expected him to be when they drafted him, but uh, coming up with a big five-sack performance last week against the, against the G-Man was a big deal, man. And so I, I like what he's been able to bring to the table this is the thing about it man these are two quarterbacks that both have one thing in common that I that 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 matters and that is the it factor they're natural born winners Kyler Murray is just knows how to win Jalen Hurts he's a winner as well now they do it different styles they're different type dudes even though they still both could run the ball they, they get it done differently you know Kyler Murray clearly is the better passer than Jalen Hurts is but either way you look at it they both know how to win and that's what I really like about both of these quarterbacks so that's why I'm really excited about this matchup final game in my six pack oh man want to talk about a, a good one this one is a fancy, it's an afternoon game, man. Kansas City at New Orleans. 
Man, I mean, if you, if if this is a normal year where you have nothing but fans in the stands, the the man in, in New Orleans is rocking. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Mercedes Benz Dome is going to be rocking. But now it's not a normal year. They don't have fan, normal fans in the stands. They just have a handful, and so it's 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 different, which has been different all year long. But either way, man, you got Patrick Mahomes and their high flying offense coming to town. Uh, you got the New Orleans Saints, who's been able to until last week find ways to win games without Drew Brees. You know, can they bounce back and, and uh, you know, get back into the win column? Uh, we'll see. You know, I'm not a big believer in Taysom Hill, but he's been able to get it done up, up until last week. So Kansas City at New Orleans, I think that Kansas City is going to win this one. But New Orleans in that defense is probably a little salty that Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia got the best of them a week ago. And you might just see a little bit something extra from Dennis Allen's led uh, defensive crew right there and see in New Orleans. And they have to. They have to win this game to keep pace with the top teams in the NFC if they want a shot. If they want a shot at that uh, that that week off, that one week off, the bye week at the beginning of the playoffs and not have to play in the wild card round. I mean, it's it's going to take them rebounding. You lose a game to Philly in a rookie quarterback like they did last week, you got to be able to rebound. But it's not Drew Brees on the center. Taysom Hill, yeah, he suffers his first loss, as he mentioned, in his career. And it uh, it didn't look pretty early for Taysom Hill. His numbers, they, they're they a little bit uh, better looking than – they're kind of cosmetic than, than the actual game showed, what, 290 yards plus in the air. Uh, two touchdowns against Philadelphia. He's going up against the Honey Badger this week in, in that Kansas City defense. I don't know. I, I, unless the Chiefs are bored, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, is, is he bored at this point in the season? What, what else does he have to prove? The Chiefs, though, still need to take care of business for that top seed as well. They're at 12-1. and one. Mahomes threw the three picks last week. If he takes better care of the football, it's not even going to be close. The uh, betonline.ag spread on this one, though, just – you know, it's got the Saints at three-point dogs. We'll see if Chad Millman uh, likes the home dogs in this contest and the Saints to rebound. We'll check in with him next as we do every Friday. Our guy from the Action Network, Chad Millman, joins us. It's the Lockdown NFL Podcast. That's right. It is the Lockdown NFL Podcast Fridays. And as we do every Friday, we look at the bets with our guy, Chad Millman, from the Action Network. You can, of course, listen to him on the Favorites Podcast He's going to give you all the insight you need for the NFL Week 15 action. Now, to pull the curtain back a little bit, Chad's joining us before he goes to his his work holiday party. I got to ask you, Chad, what's the over-under on drinks one should consume and how many is too many at a work holiday party? Knowing this crowd, it's uh, there'll be 70 people on the Zoom. If there's less than 200 drinks consumed, I'll be shocked. That's a strong over under, and uh, you always you always like to uh, maybe take the over in a, in a case like this, and I think you might be in 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 good shape if you do so. All right, Chad, let's look at the spreads. Week fifteen, big time matchup in the NFC North. I'm talking the Vikings and the Bears. This is a game that I'm really a big fan of. I like it. Minnesota's a three point favorite. Uh, which team do you like in this game? You know, it's super interesting. Obviously, I'm a Chicago guy. Um, and so I'm, I'm always like struggling with what to do when it comes to a Chicago game. Um, in this instance, I feel like I got to hammer the Vikings. Um, you know, to me last week when the bears beat the Texans and they beat Deshaun Watson, that was sort of, that was their moment. And I don't think it was going to get any better than that for them. And the Vikings, like they've got, they've got real stuff to play for right now. And so, and they've got a pretty good defense and they've got an offense that I think could perform against 
the Bears, and I'm looking at a number that is about a field goal, and that feels really low for a team that is that is that is so much better than the Bears are, and I do believe the Vikings are that much better. So as much as it pains me to say, I'm going to go against the Bears because I think they had their max effort this past weekend. Now, one of those teams will stay in the fight for the NFC playoff picture, and they'll uh, stay potentially behind a game behind the Arizona Cardinals who are hosting the Philadelphia Eagles, and it's the Cardinals seem to get right on the road against the Giants, a hot Giants team last weekend. But then Philly with Jalen Hurts under center in the shotgun, whatever you want to say, they had a very impressive performance knocking off the New Orleans Saints, who at that point were the top seed in the NFC. Arizona's getting a uh, more than a touchdown. They're more than a touchdown favorite here. Who do you like in this contest? I do like Arizona. I feel like you're getting a little bit of value because of the way the Eagles played Last week against the Saints, Jalen Hurts, there's a lot of enthusiasm for him. And right now you're getting a quarterback going on the road for the first time uh, against a team that does have playoff aspirations and actually is in the playoffs right now. Their defense has just been getting better and their pass rush has been getting better. Um, And what Kyler Murray has been able to do, a lot of quarterbacks have been able to make the, the Eagles defense look a little bit silly because their pass rush can be very aggressive. And that's the one thing that, that Kyler Murray can do is counter that with his legs. Um, so going on the road for a rookie quarterback against a team that, uh, pardon the pun, I think is going to pick up and fly high. I like the, uh, the favorite Arizona Cardinals. The Saints took an uncharacteristic loss last week to Philadelphia. That was Taysom Hill's first loss that he's had filling in for Drew Brees. Uh, Can they rebound this week? They're three-point dogs to the Chiefs, and uh, the Chiefs barely got by the Dolphins last week, but they did. How are you feeling this one? Do you think that the Saints can rebound? I know it's crazy. Uh, I like the Saints here. I like the Saints at plus three. Their defense is so good. The Chiefs have been playing uh, really close games, and they have not played a defense that I think stacks up the way that this Saints defense what defense does. This front line is fantastic, honestly. Like you see what the Dolphins did last week, they snuck in, um, and I think that there's a roadmap there for what the the Saints can do. So I, I know it might not be Drew Brees a quarterback, but you're giving me a really good team and a really good coach and a really good defense at home as an underdog. Uh, probably the best team the Chiefs have played at home. So I'm going to have to take the Saints. pair of teams that need a bounce back in a big way in Week 15, the Giants, who fell flat on the heels of their four-game win streak, they got blown out by the Cardinals. And then you had Cleveland, who relinquished a lead potentially to a quarterback that had to take a crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, this is another ugly one. Look, if you want to bet yeah. on the NFL, sometimes it's going to be gross. Um, and it's a little bit similar to what I said about the Saints. I don't think Daniel Jones is a very good quarterback, and it always makes me afraid to bet on him. But their defense is really good. And Baker Mayfield, like the more the ball was in his hands, the harder it became for the Browns to win. So if you give me Baker Mayfield against a good front seven uh, on the road and a quarterback who I worry about quite a bit, but they're still going to be underdogs. I'm going to take the underdogs. I probably should have asked you about the Saturday games off top, but there are a couple good ones on Saturday. And game one of the doubleheader has Denver versus the Bills. Bills playing really good ball. Denver, well, they're not that good. But either way you look at it, uh, Denver's a home dog. Are you taking the Broncos and the points in this game? How are you feeling about it? I do. And sort of there's a theme here, which is 
I tend to like row or uh, home underdogs that are getting a significantly reduced number of bets. Um, anytime the formula starts creeping up into that 75, 80% of the bets coming in on the road favorite, that's what's happening with the Browns and the Giants. The Chiefs are nearly at 70%. Uh, that's why I like the Saints. Um, and that's what's happening with the Broncos too. Like the majority of the bets, the public is coming in on the Bills. They are sort of the team of the day right now. And so when that happens, as much as it pains me, I'm going to have to bet on the Broncos. Mm. Chad Millman, the Action Network, the favorites is the podcast. And one more game to look at, and it's that second that Saturday doubleheader, and it's it's another playoff team taking a team that's uh, taking on a team that's not in the playoff hunt, and it's the Carolina Panthers getting a lot of points on the road at historic Lambeau Field against the Packers. Can uh, can maybe taking the Panthers spruce up that game a little bit? The nightcap of Saturday night. Yeah, I like the Panthers here. Look, Teddy covers uh, Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> Teddy covers, and uh, he's been doing incredibly well as an underdog. It's a big number. It's a team that likes to run through the back door. It's a big enough number that allows them to do that. The professional money is coming in on the Panthers. 63% of the money is coming in on the Panthers. And it's like, it's just a really good spot for them. So there's not a lot of reasons not to take them. You heard it from Chad Millman. Of course, the favorites, the podcast, part of the Action Network. Follow him on Twitter at Chad Millman. Chad, enjoy your holiday party. Let's make some money this weekend. It's going to be Saturday, Sunday from here on out, and we can't wait for that. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, coming up right after this podcast, if you haven't done so, you got a Friday edition of Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee. Q, looking forward to that podcast. I'll get ready for all the bets I'm going to make this weekend as well by listening to you and Lee. And then on Monday, make sure you're tuned in to Peter Bukowski with a full recap right here on the Lockdown NFL podcast. Yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm really excited about uh, everything that we got going on. Excited about this weekend, all the games. Uh, you mentioned the Locked On Bet Show. Definitely appreciate that. It's a lot of fun. I encourage everybody to check it out. Again, it'll take maybe 15 minutes of your day. You know, just go ahead on the on the drive to, to maybe you're taking the kids to school or you're going to the grocery store or, hell, maybe you're going down to the sports bar to check out a game this weekend. Before you do that, Check out Locked On Bets and uh, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy all the games. And, and like, uh, like my man Bo said, definitely check out Peter Bukowski, who recaps everything on Monday.